But I really think that like, if you want something uh, badly enough, you'll find a way to get it. Welcome to A Life of Freedom podcast, your source of inspiration and information on how and why you should choose your own happiness, pursue your passion, design a life that fulfills you and make your own. I'm your host, ISLKC. This is episode one of season one. Today we are talking with digital nomad, remote worker and traveler, the out of office gal, Lauren Cable. Let's get to the show. So what's your current situation now that uh, where do you live and uh, how COVID has affected your lifestyle? So I have been a digital nomad for about a little over a year and a half. Um, and last year was amazing. It was kind of like the beginning of my digital nomad journey. I um, was able to go to 18 countries while working and traveling at the same time. Um, It was pretty much the best year ever. It kicked off this like amazing chapter of like life. I like started my own business. um, And that's what really gave me the ability to have the flexibility to live the lifestyle I wanted. Um, I had always kind of known that I was somebody who would work better. Um, working for themselves or not having like a traditional lifestyle. Um, But I had been really scared to take the plunge. And finally, um, an opportunity presented itself. And um, it was really scary. And I didn't feel ready for it at all. But I decided to go for it and start my own little company. And um, I work with like one client mainly. So it's, it's, you know, very tiny, but um, it, it works for me and it works for them. And, um, yeah, so that's kind of like how I moved into in a very nutshell, <laughs> um, package, how I got into like the digital nomad, um, lifestyle. Um, but in terms of COVID, I mean, obviously like it's been rough. <laughs> um, the last place I, uh, the last international destination I went to was Costa Rica, um, And I got back, like, I think March 5th was the last time I was on a plane. Um, And I've been, I've been doing a ton of um, domestic travel, like around California. Um, And I've actually like been to a bunch of really cool national parks that I'd never been to. So for me, it's been a lot of trying to take advantage of the things that are right here in my own backyard that I never did before. Um, and I've also been doing a lot of virtual travel too. So Airbnb has like these online experiences that have been a really nice way to, um, just kind of keep the travel dream alive and do something outside the box and experience different cultures and different foods. I've done tons of like cooking classes, um, some cocktail making classes, some like dance classes, like K-pop with a studio in Korea and um, Irish dancing with a gal in um, the UK. So, you know, I've kind of found ways to get creative about how to get my travel fix. Um, And yeah, I mean, just kind of eagerly awaiting um, countries to open up. We have, we have a few that the U S citizens are allowed to go into. Um, I'm probably going to go to Croatia later this month. So, um, but that'll be my like first trip in six months. Um, so, so you talk about that, uh, you had, uh, you had been to like, uh, think that, uh, that you 
always wanted to do like uh, like do your own thing and uh, now like what is there like any specific moment or a reason that you like went ahead in the last year um yeah kind of uh it the company i was working for i was employed at a company and the company decided to close like shut down all operations okay. um and they they asked most most of the employees they, they we were told like you know march 1st and by like march 15th like pretty much all the employees were like done um except for me they asked me to stay on for like 6 months to like wrap up existing business and in that um but and i was kind of like okay i'll like stick around and do that for you um but I'll only do it if I can like work remotely and, you know, work from anywhere. And they were like, yeah, that's totally fine. So I, um, kind of, had, I had six months like employed at like my old company to, um, work with my main client, um, on a like remote basis. And I kind of realized over that six months, it was working really well. And, you know, kind of midway through that period, they were like, you know, we'd really like to keep working with you. Um, you know, would you, you know, maybe consider opening up a little company and we'll hire you to continue doing, uh, running the influencer marketing program that I was running for them. Um, so I was like, yeah, let's do it. Um, and it kind of made it easier because I knew I already had a client. Um, but you know, there's still a lot of things that you don't really know how to do when you're starting, when you've always worked for somebody else and for been employed at a company. And then you try to go over and like start your own thing and, you know, figure out how to get like an S corp up, S corp up and running and like how to handle your taxes when you're self-employed and, you know, lot, lots of things that go into that. But um, yeah, that's kind of how I transitioned over from like the being employed to uh uh, being self-employed. <laughs> okay. So, um, I would say like, um, is there anything that inspired you? Like when you, when you're a kid, you, you said you always wanted to be this. So is there any, anyone that inspired you? Yeah. So about four years ago, I was traveling and I met, um, a girl named Krista who was, a digital nomad. And like, I feel like four years ago, digital nomads, like that was an extremely, it was a more rare thing than it is today. And nobody had really heard that term back then, but she described herself as a digital nomad. And she explained to me like that she worked while traveling and kind of how that, um, you know, set up and lifestyle what worked. And um, I just thought that was the coolest thing I'd ever heard of because as somebody who loved travel and tried to like finagle their vacation days to do as many trips as possible and see as much of the world as possible, you know, the idea of being able to work and travel at the same time was incredibly appealing. Um, and so we, we kept in touch, like we okay. hadn't seen, we didn't see each other for three years. Um, but the minute I found out I could become a digital nomad and work remotely, I hit her up and I was like, Hey, like I can work remote. Like where in the world are you? And she's like, I'm in Portugal. Like you should come. There's actually an empty room in my house that I'm staying in. So I like booked a ticket and met up with her and you know, we, we, we clicked, you know, three years ago, we hadn't seen each other in three years, but I feel like, you know, I travel friends are kind of friends forever. <laughs> um, and it was super fun. And she kind of showed me the ropes and introduced me to a bunch of the digital nomads community in, um, Lisbon, Portugal. And, uh, yeah, that's, I mean, that's kind of how I was inspired and kind of found out about this lifestyle. And, um, you know, I've kind of been paving my way since then. 
Uh, but yeah, she was, she was the original one who, who, uh, inspired me. Her handle is at Christabella travels. Okay. I, I, I heard of that. So, um, so have you been, so like, what are the places you've been to as a digital nomad for first year? So I've been to Portugal, Amsterdam, Croatia, Panama, Vietnam, Malaysia, Sri Lanka, Copenhagen, Prague, Munich. Um, <laughs> where else? There's, there's more. Costa Rica. And then Eastern Africa, like Tanzania, Kenya, uh, Uganda, Rwanda. Okay. So oh. that was, that was that, those are my last year's travels. <laughs> I think I got everything. Oh, London times two last year. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So like, have you been to Chiang Mai also? Yeah, I I haven't been to Chiang Mai as a digital nomad, but I love Chiang Mai. Um, I've been there as a traveler and I definitely want to get back soon. Um, I'm a big Southeast Asia. (laughs) Agreed. So I'm I'm actually from Sri Lanka. So like, how how was your experience? Yeah. I had an amazing time. Like, and oh my gosh, the food was so good. It's like definitely one of my favorite cuisines I've encountered while traveling. Um, and yeah, just super, super beautiful um, country. I had, I had a really nice time. Um, and I had, a really, I had a really nice driver too, who like, I was by myself. So like, I was glad he was like cool and like, um, you know, could keep me company on uh, the drive around the country. Uh, um. So what is like the most memorable moment from your travels from the past year or before? Um, probably Eastern Africa, like, because okay. I think that, you know, safaris are pretty hard to beat in terms of really cool travel experiences. Um, every single, no matter how many times you go on safari, you literally see something new every single day. It might not be a new animal, um, but you'll see like, a new interaction or, you know, a different colored sunset. Um, so there's just, there's just, and I think that when I first started safaris, I thought it was all going to be about, okay, like checking off like the animals, the different animals you wanted to see. And then I just realized there's like so much more um, to safaris than like, you know, just seeing an animal. Like, um, you know, you can see a cheetah hunt a zebra or uh, a lion mating are <laughs> the way uh, lions mate is they like they'll leave their um tribe what's what's it pride pride they'll leave their pride and like go off for like a week just like the two of them um and it's like kind of a funny thing to witness um so yeah i mean i just think that it's so cool and there's like there's just so much to experience and see and it's very different than anything we have at home so that makes it kind of extra special and cool and i just find africa so beautiful the sunsets are just incredible so yeah i mean i i'm i'm definitely a big lover of uh africa i would also say like starting off my digital nomad journey in Lisbon and getting to meet like the whole digital nomad community was really cool too. Just, you know, kind of finding other people that are in the exact same boat and work remotely and kind of, you know, getting to know them, being inspired by them. There's so many people that are entrepreneurs and, um, you know, are off like running their own businesses or getting like cool projects off the ground. And I just found that very inspiring and cool to be around. So I, uh, I really like that that experience as well. Okay. 
what you do is like mostly solo travel or are you traveling with groups or your friends? Um, it's mainly solo travel, but I did, um, Africa, Africa was with my boyfriend and his family. And then I did, we also were in Prague together. And then I did, I was in Lisbon with, um, Krista, my friend who I mentioned. And then I was also with a friend in year, one of the times I went to Europe, I was with a friend for Copenhagen and Amsterdam. Okay, so like, how do you like uh, define the experience on both sides? You know, being with friends and going solo. Yeah, um, it's definitely different, but I love I love both ways. Um, you know, when you're with somebody, you get to have this like shared experience, and I feel like it's very bonding when you experience something cool and kind and are kind of in a new place in a new environment, experiencing and doing new things. Um, I think that it helps you kind of become fast friends or if you're already really good friends, just kind of continue cementing that like friendship um, or relationship, like, um, you know, love relationship, family relationships. Um, so I think that that's fun. Like, and it also like gives you somebody to talk about the experience with. So like you might get to um, hear somebody else's opinion that like you didn't, maybe it wasn't something you considered or somebody else is able to share something to relating to the history or the culture. Um, and so there's kind of like that two way street and that back and forth and that opportunity to kind of talk about the things you're seeing and doing. Um, that's cool. But then solo travel, I really love because I think it is an opportunity to one, uh, just be really kind of introspective and think a lot about, you know, the place you're in and like how you were affected by the experience that you just had. Um, I think that when there's nobody around to distract you, you can really like take in the beauty of like the place you're in. And that's kind of nice. Um, and it also like forces you to meet people and talk to people. And, um, you know, I feel like when you're with friends or with family, you might not go out of your way to like talk to a local and get their perspective or ask them questions about the country. But I honestly think that's one of the coolest things about travel is getting to know the people who live there. And I think when you're alone, you're more likely to seize those opportunities and um, have chats with people that you might not normally have a chat with if you were in a big group traveling. So, um, you know, I think there's, there's benefits to both sides. And I'm glad that in my life, I get to experience solo travel, friend travel, relationship travel, family travel, um, because I think all of them are really nice experiences. And when you do a lot of travel, it's nice to kind of mix things up a bit. Okay. So you mentioned your boyfriend, you meet him before you're traveling or while as a digital nomad? Or like, how do you like? Uh, we've, we've actually known each other since high school. So okay. a very, very long time. <laughs> um, and we've been together for like, five and a half years, I think. Um, so a long time, like he is not a digital nomad. So that honestly is like a hard part sometimes because, you know, I, I miss him a lot and I know he misses me too. And he has to put up with me like jetting off all the time. Um, but like he gets it and he knows it's my, you know, biggest passion. And, um, you know, he knows that I have this like side project with my, um, travel blog and, um, Instagram. And I've been, uh, working on, I'm launching like a group trip to our first trip is going to be to Bali, like uh, Bali girls getaway. Um, so I'm working on launching these group trips for women. Um, so, you know, he, he gets it. 
Um, he misses me, but he like puts up with me being gone a lot. Um, but yeah, I would say that is honestly the hardest part of this like lifestyle for me personally is just um, having a relationship that I care about that um, is very different. Has a, who, uh, being with a partner is a very different work situation than I do. So um, yeah, that's, although he's might be getting sent to South Africa for a few months. So, you know, I'll probably go with him there and explore South Africa a little bit more. I loved South Africa and I would be excited to go back. So, you know, things can change at any time, you know? So I think that the best you can do in a relationship is just be supportive of each other and the things that um, are important to eat to each one and be there for each other. And um, yeah, you never know what's, what's going to happen next. So I was like looking through your Instagram stories this morning. So you talk about like making your family tree. Like how was that experience? <laughs> yeah, I like got... I, so the, the story behind that is that I decided I wanted to like get my get dual citizenship, Italian dual citizenship, like get an okay. Italian pass through my um, dad's parents um, and grandparents who were born there. So um I was putting together like, like all those kind of family documents and information. And then kind of in the process, like on ancestry.com, I started filling in all like the different um, family tree links. And I don't know, that to me is very cool. I'm definitely a nerd at heart though. So, um, you know, it's kind of like detective work a little bit, like going back six, seven generations, trying to figure out, okay, like, you know, reading a magazine, reading like, a newspaper obituary clipping and then, you know, figuring out what the death day was. And then you can, that leads you to another clue. It's, it's total detective work. It's actually kind of fun though. Okay. Um, so I've seen like uh, all the, so I've seen, read your, started reading your ebook. So that's how make friends while you travel. So do you have any tips nice. to go? Yeah, definitely. So um, I, used to travel and like stay in hostels. And I still think that hostels are great for meeting people. And especially if you are like younger, like early mid twenties, like a hundred percent stay in hostels. Um, but if you're like a little bit older and, you know, feel like you'd like to have a little more space, comfort, there are other ways to make friends and not be alone when you're solo traveling. Um, a few of my favorite things to do are to do Airbnb experiences. I've met so many cool locals and fellow travelers this way. It definitely caters to, to a, like a little bit younger demographic. So, you know, you're not going to be on a tour with like all 60 year olds, most likely like they will be generally like, you know, a number of like younger people or like sometimes I've been on like private tours and just met like a really cool host who's local and I end up becoming friends with them um, and then doing other stuff together. So I definitely think that Airbnb experiences are a really good way to go. Um, group trips are a good way to go. So you know that you're going to be, um, you're going to have kind of built in friends. Um, that's one of the reasons I like launched my group trip to Bali for women is I wanted to, you know, help women find like-minded individuals to connect with, bond with, travel with. Um, because I feel like the older you get, the harder it is to coordinate schedules and, you know, as people get older, like people start getting married and having babies and buying houses and they just have other priorities. Um, and it's not to say there's anything wrong with those priorities. They just might not be the same priorities that I have as like a traveler. Um, 
So, you know, it's just, it's a way to kind of bring together travelers so they can um, meet and um, while, you know, being in a beautiful, cool setting. Um, so, you know, so group trips, that's one. Um, I also think that hanging out at the bar is a really good tactic um, because, you know, you can strike up a conversation with the bartender. You can be there, you know, as people are walking up to order drinks. And, you know, if you hear somebody uh, talking about some cool activity they just did, you can, you know, ask them like, oh, look, I've been wanting to do that. Like, can you give me some some tips or whatever? Um, I just think it's a good, it's kind of a little bit harder to do that when you're sitting at a table. Um, the other thing I would say is to um, not have your head in your phone. I know when you're by yourself, it's really tempting to um, kind of distract yourself with your phone. But when your head is down in your phone, like it's, it doesn't, make you seem very like open and inviting and um, down to converse. So keeping, you know, your phone away is a really good tactic as well. Um, Body language too, like not having your arms crossed, something to think about as well. Um, I'm trying to think what else. Oh, um, digital nomad retreats. That's another good one. Um, So there's a couple companies like Wi-Fi Tribe, Work Wanderers, um, Hacker Paradise that do like three to six week um, digital nomad retreats. So they basically um, host everyone in a house and provide like Wi-Fi and a nice workspace um, so people can, you know, get their work done in a cool new environment. Um, and then on the weekends and in your time off, you can go and like explore the new city you're in. Um, so that's a really good way too, because it also like definitely caters towards a little bit older um traveler as well. Um, so, you know, if you're, if you're looking for people that aren't going to be like 18 year old gap years, like that's a nice, um, place to look as well. Okay. So like you also have a, like a ebook on sustainable travel. So what are the tips for that? Um, so a few, a few things that I, there's like a few things that I like to carry with me whenever I'm traveling. And those are things like um, reusable utensils. So you don't have to take um, plastic ones. Um, Carrying a water bottle with you that has like a filter is really good as well. Um, This is especially good if you're, you know, traveling in places like Southeast Asia or Africa. Um, It makes it, you know, easy to make sure you always have clean water, but you don't have to um, buy water bottles, which is contributing to the plastic problem and the waste problem. a few other things like would be, you know, just making sure that the tours and activities you are supporting um, actually like benefit the local uh, population. And what I mean by that is like, do they employ local guides? Um, do they, uh, you know, teach about the culture of a place versus, you know, just some pop up activity that has nothing to do with like the specific place you're in, like, you know, say if, if somebody sets up like a zip line in um, Bali, you know, a zip line doesn't really have anything to do with the culture. And it was literally just placed there for tourists. And I'm not saying like you can't ever do a zip line, don't get me wrong. But like, I'm just saying when you're thinking about like your entire trip as a whole, um, you know, it's good to think about like, all right, so what are the things that actually teach me about the culture? Because those are the things that are helping to preserve the culture. What are the activities that actually are employing locals so that my presence in this place is benefiting the locals. The the one the thing you really want to think about is um, like if you are taking up space in a, another person's country, how are they benefiting from you being there as well? Um, so you know that can be like you know 
partaking in their tourist activity or staying in a locally owned hotel. Hotels is another big thing you can think about. Like, obviously, there are a lot of chain hotels, um, but I try to always find like locally owned hotels, um, you know, small guest houses, Airbnbs, that sort of thing, so that you make sure that you're tourism dollars are actually benefiting the local economy and the people who live there versus like the big businesses. Um, so yeah, I mean, those are like a few things to think about. There's like so much more like in depth you can go like on this topic. Um, but those are a few like, you know, kind of key points. Um, you know, slow travel is another big thing too. Like the more you can do slow travel, so you don't have to like get on a plane, which, you know, uses a ton of fuel and that's a ton of resources. Um, and you can, uh, you know, uh, there's a lot of organizations that um, plant trees. And so whenever I travel, I like to like, I actually like subscribe monthly to tree planting as like one of my monthly donations. So I make sure that I'm helping to offset some of my carbon footprint um, by uh, planting more trees. What are the work that you do as a digital nomad? Yeah, so I'm in marketing, um, which and my specific kind of area is influencer marketing. So I work with um, a major beauty brand to run their influencer marketing program. And uh, yeah, so we, we create video content, social content, um, events, um, and that sort of thing for like a beauty brand. Okay. So also like, uh, how do you like keep motivated like while you're traveling and like doing this thing? Sometimes like if you're fast traveling, it would not be like very convenient. Yeah, I mean, I, it's def- I definitely like... It can definitely be hard sometimes um, because when you're in a cool new destination, all you want to do is like explore it all day long. And people always ask me that, like, you know, how do you, um, you know, get your work done? But the thing is, like, I feel so lucky that I have the work life situation that I do and I don't want to do anything to mess that up. So, you know, I just know it's a trade-off. Um, I, it means I might not be able to do every single thing I want in that city, but at least I get to be there at all and I get to be doing some of it. Um, so for me, like, I think that, you know, it's just practicing gratitude and knowing how, you know, grateful you are for the situation you have and knowing that, you know, it's a long life. You will get to go back to these places. There will be more time. Um, and I just, I always remind myself that, like, you know, I was in London, Munich, and Amsterdam twice last year. So like, you know, maybe I didn't get to hit everything the first time, but like, you know, I got to go back and do more on the second go around. I didn't know, I didn't know up front that I was going to be making those second trips back. So you just, you never know what life's going to throw you. And, um, you know, I think that just learning to be chill and go with the flow and not have these expectations that you're going to see and do everything every time, um, really serves you well. Okay. Um, also, uh, so you talk about also travel hacking. So what kind of tips do you have for that? I don't know. Like w- what area of travel hacking? Like, oh, do you mean like, um, like for credit cards? Points. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Points, points and points and stuff. Yeah. Um, yes. The Chase Ultimate Rewards Program is my absolute favorite program. Um, oh, this can, this can get so deep, but um, I am a really big fan of using, having the chase, I know that the, the, the annual fee on the chase, uh, Sapphire reserve is really hefty, but, um, the benefits for anyone who travels like a decent amount, like pay for themselves, like a hundred, like, like twice over. Um, I, I think last year I like made like $1,500 in like, uh, 
points to spend like on, on equivalent to $1,500 to spend on travel. Um, and like I had a $300, they have like a $300, um, travel rebate. Um, so it really helps to offset the, um, annual fee. And there's really nice perks like lounge access and, um, primary rental car insurance. So there's a lot of really nice benefits on that one. Um, so Chase, uh, Sapphire Reserve is awesome. And then I also always recommend that people get the, um, Freedom Unlimited card as like a supplementary card and to put, um, most of their purchases on that card, except for travel and dining, put that on the Chase Sapphire Reserve because you get three points per dollar on that card. Um, and then the other card, uh, gives you, uh, I think it's three points per dollar on all purchases up to 20,000 for the year. And then after that, it's 1.5. Um, so you can really, and you can transfer points back and forth between those two cards. So it's really, um, a cool program. Um, I would also say like, don't be afraid to open like assuming you have good credit and you pay off your credit cards like that's like you know number one tip but if you are paying off your credit cards like you know don't be afraid to open a credit card and get the points bonus and then close it there's a lot of programs that overlap so you can literally like combine points um and it becomes like you know a really nice way to travel for free um every country is has you know different situations with their credit card offerings but the U.S. definitely has some some really lucrative and advantageous ones. Um, so, like, do you have any habits or like routines that like help like help you to be more productive? Um, yes, I think that having setting like goals for like the day and the week can be really really good. Like, I usually like have three things that I want to get done in a day, and I don't put more pressure on myself to do more than that. Um, obviously like I do try to do more, but, you know, kind of having like a really specific goal of the things, you know, you're getting done that day and anything else is just icing on the cake can be really helpful. Um, I know that, uh, you know, sometimes tracking your time is really helpful for productivity, just kind of understanding where your time goes. Um, there's an app called toggle that I really like for tracking your time. Um, and just understanding like, you know, all right, so where am I, where am I spending? Where's my day going? Um, so I think that's really helpful too. Um, yeah. Okay. So also, um, how long do you like have planned to like do a digital nomad? So have you like ever have a feeling of like settling down in the future? How about you have, have you ever thought about those? Yeah, it's, um, I'm not, I'm sure at some point I probably will, but like, I'm so happy right now. I don't really want to change things at the moment. Um, I want to kind of explore this phase and chapter of my life a little bit more before I settle down. I, I also know that I'm always going to be the sort of person that like wants to travel and I want my kids to travel and see the world. Um, so I think that we're always going to have a little bit of an alternative lifestyle. Um, so I just have to figure out what that looks like. Um, I have have to figure out how kids fit into that and how we still, you know, give them everything they need at the same time. Okay. So um, how would you say like the, the digital nomad space would like looks like in 2021 and beyond? Yeah. So good question. I definitely think with COVID and more and more companies going remote temporarily, everybody's realized that like, Workers are just as productive, if not more productive, you know, working from home and working remotely. Um, and it also reduces so much overhead for the company itself. So it's really a win-win situation. 
Um, so I definitely think we're going to see our community grow significantly. You know, I think that next year will be still kind of weird because I think that we're still all having a little bit of PTSD from COVID. Um, so I think until there's a vaccine and even after there's a vaccine, I think that people are going to be a little anxious. But I also think that there's a lot of like travelers are going to find a way. And I feel like the sorts of people that gravitate towards remote work um, are the type of people who are going to be the first people back traveling um, and buying those plane tickets and getting back out there. So, you know, I hope that we see our community continue to grow and expand and um, other digital nomad communities in uh, kind of up and coming hotspots continue to kind of thrive. Um, and we'll probably more digital nomad retreats too. That'd be nice. Um, more options to choose from and more people to get to know. So like you have recommended the uh, Airbnb experiences and online experiences both. So like what, what do you see as the benefits like if you would attend? Yeah, I mean, I think that virtual travel experiences are a really great way to um, experience culture and do something a little bit outside the box. And um, also, it's a really nice way to connect with family or friends that are in um, other states or cities uh, that you can't see on a regular basis. It's kind of like a unique thing to do with them. Um, and, you know, it's a great way to connect with people in other countries and especially as um, our kind of options are limited for travel right now. I think it's a, a great way to kind of fill in those gaps. Um, and, you know, even after COVID, I think it's going to be something that sticks around. Um, I still really appreciate that opportunity to meet people and from all over the world. So, um, yeah, I think it's, it, it definitely it grew out of the COVID and lockdown situation, but I don't think it's going anywhere, like um, even when things start to go back to normal. So. Finally, uh, like, what's your advice to anyone who wants to be a digital nomad? Uh, like, how would one could get started? Yeah, definitely. Well, I think that you are super in luck because you most likely just had your trial run working from home during COVID lockdowns. So, you know, work really hard, show your boss that this way of working does work. Don't give them any reason to tell you, oh no, like you really slacked off when you worked from home. Like work your ass off, work even better. Like, you know, show up and get shit done. Um, because that's the stuff that, you know, when you go to make your pitch to your boss to continue working remotely, um, they're going to have no, like nothing to point to, to tell you why you can't do it. Like you're going to have proof that it works. Um, so I think you're, we're super in luck right now. Um, and we can kind of use this um, period as a, tr as a unofficial trial run for working remotely and finding a way to keep it going. Um, I think that's like the most obvious and, and best way. Um, the other, you know, route you can go is to become self-employed, work for yourself, go off on your own, um, freelance. Uh, you know, that's a really good way to make sure you can continue working remotely and kind of set up the lifestyle you want. Um, and, uh, you know, or you can, you can go the look for a remote job route too. There's like job boards out there that'll um, cater towards uh, remote work specifically. Um, and yeah, but I really think that like, if you want something, uh, badly enough, you'll find a way to get it. Um, you have to kind of reach out and take those things you want. And, um, yeah, I feel like the digital nomad community is the people that are, that are attracted to that lifestyle are generally like a little bit scrappier and, um, adventurous. So, you know, I, I believe if they, if they want it, they can achieve it. So how like people get, get in contact with you, like your Instagram or 
I've seen, I've, I've read some of your blog posts, like they are great. So you can, like all those, you have some kind of ebooks that people can download. So you can tell it. Cool. Yeah, definitely. Um, if you want to get in touch with me, definitely check me out on Instagram. You can find me at at the out of office gal. Um, I also have my travel blog, which is out of office gal.com. Um, and yeah, I mean, if you ever have any questions about travel or, you know, if you're a girl and you want to join one of my girls getaways, the first one's to Bali in May, um, definitely hit me up. We still have a few spots available. Um, and yeah, if you're listening and hear this episode and enjoy it, I'd love for you to, you know, reach out and tell me so. Okay, great. Also, I forgot to ask, like, how did you come up with the name, the Out of Office? Uh, yeah, so I I wanted something that could apply even if I did someday go back to an office job. I was like, it would still apply because I would still post when I did go on my, you know, two international vacations a year or whatever. Um, or it could literally refer to working, you know, not in an office. Um, and I kind of liked the play on, like, the out of office emails that come up when you work. Um, so yeah, that's, that's kind of how I came up with it. Um, and I'm like really finicky and picky and it just, it was one of those things that like just stayed in my head and didn't go away. So I knew it must be right. Okay. So, so thank you for being here. So it's great to have talked with you. Yeah, no, great to meet you and chat a little bit. Um, and good luck with like the rest of the episodes and getting this all launched. Okay, thank you. Thank you for listening to our conversation. Follow us on Instagram at a life of freedom podcast. No spaces. See you next time.